much a now word in regards to what God is saying to the church. We're in a series called Headspace. And we, 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 we use this term headspace to talk about a theological term in the Bible. It's called our soul. Everybody say soul. Do you know how you were created? Do you know how God created you? God created you in his image. That means that you are a spirit being. Now, don't, don't leave the room because I said that. Don't go, ooh, he's talking kind of weird and way out kind of a stuff. No, you were created in the image of God and you are a spiritual being. In other words, when you, when, if, you, if, if John Welch, Pastor John, stopped breathing right now, and his and I just just went out here on the um, on on the uh, on the podium, not on the podium, on the platform. Um, John's body would be here, but but John is in heaven. Is anybody here thankful for the there, that there is a life after this one? All right, I don't think I'm going to do this right now. I hope I don't, but but if I did. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. John would be in heaven because John is a spirit being. Of course, now John lives in a body. That's what you can see. And John interacts with the tangible things around him because John's got a body. But John is also, and like we all have, again, this theological term, we all have a soul. Everybody say soul. Your soul is your mind. That's what your soul is. Your soul is the seat of your will and your emotions. It's, it's your, your, your soul is uh, also acts like a filter. You see, when you are born, your soul is like a blank slate. It's like a blank piece of paper. And whatever you are exposed to as you go along through life, whatever influences you are exposed to, whatever environment you grow up in, that begins to, that, in, that information or the influence begins to shape your soul. And that's the reason that, that, that people see things a certain way. We see things differently because our souls have had different influences over time. And we, we, the, our souls act like a filter. And, and, and when we see something or we hear something, we form judgments based on what's in our soul. We see things differently because of what's in our soul. And here's what we have to understand about our soul. Everybody has one. Okay, everybody has one. And also you need to know this. It's the part of you the enemy has the easiest access to. It's the part of you, your mind is the part of you that has that the enemy has the easiest or most it's most the, the, your soul is most readily available to the enemy. OK, and, and so so we're, we're calling our soul for the sake of teaching this our, our headspace. Right. It's, it's, it's right here. It's our space between our ears. But I also want to use another term, another phrase that's, that's, that's really a hot topic right now in, in, in the world. If you, you listen to news and you, you read stuff, you'll see that the term mental health is being used a lot. And, and so actually, when we're talking about headspace, when we're talking about our soul, we're talking about mental health. And, and, and so sometimes people go, ooh, I don't want to talk about mental health. I mean, that mental health really doesn't involve me. Well, I beg to differ because in preparing for this sermon, preparing for this series, I looked up the definition of mental health. Are you guys ready for this? Again, because sometimes people go, well, mental health, it's like, that really doesn't apply to me because I'm okay. And, you know, I'm not the person that needs to go up onto that certain floor of a certain hospital for those who are not mentally, you know... <laughs> But I looked up this definition of mental health and I, I, the reason I wanted to put this up on the screen and read it is to help all of us understand that mental health is a real part of our life and God has a lot to say about mental health. Are you ready for this? Mental health involves effective functioning in daily activities resulting in productive activities, work, school, and caregiving, healthy relationships, and the ability to adapt to change and cope with adversity. That's what mental health is. 
So if you read that, now, if we could just leave it up there just for a little bit, read that and see if that does not apply to you. Does that, does that not apply to you? In other words, we all do life and we all have change that comes in our life and we all want to be, uh, you know, do well in our workplace. We all want to do well in our relationships. We want to handle change. How many of you know that in life, uh, change can be very, very, very difficult to navigate? And, and so, so the, the, the Bible has a lot to say about mental health or our, our headspace. Um, and it's a, it's a part of everybody's life. So there, there is no question. Mental health is a part of all of our life. And as a matter of fact, I don't think we've been talking about it enough in the church. The world's talking about it. You just listen to the world and they're screaming about mental health right now. People are struggling mentally. And let me just say this. I believe God's people ought to be leading the charge in regards to being mentally healthy and having healthy headspace. Okay. And so there is no question that mental health is a part of all of our life. The question is mentally, how healthy are we? How healthy are we in our headspace? Let me read a, a scripture that just really talks about what God really wants as far as mental health or our healthy headspace. Third John 2 says, dear friend, I'm praying that all is well with you. Isn't that a good prayer, right? How many know that we need to be praying that for our friends? Not just for ourselves, but pray. God, I just pray that, that, that my family and my friends, that all is good with them. All is well. But watch this. And that your body is healthy. How many of you know that God wants our bodies to be healthy, right? But then he goes on to say this. He said, as I know your soul is. He said, I pray that you have a healthy body as I know your what? Your soul is healthy. Or we could say it this way, that our headspace is healthy. So, so God really wants us to have a, a, a healthy headspace. And so um, what I want to talk to you about this morning is the voice of your shepherd. The voice of your shepherd, because it's the voice of influence that will keep your headspace healthy. It's the voice of influence, the voice of our shepherd. And you know where I'm going with this, right? But the voice of our shepherd is the voice that will keep our headspace, what? Healthy. And let me just say it this way. It will keep you sane in an insane world. Uh, uh, let, let me just say this. <laughs> I can tell that right now some people are going, this, this message is really not relevant for me. <laughs> Listen to me. You are probably not as healthy in your headspace as you think you are. And here's why I say that. Because sometimes if something is so common in our life or a part of us, it's so common, we accept it as normal. But just because something is common, it doesn't mean that it's supposed to be normal. Are, are, you, are, you, are you with me? The voice of our shepherd is the voice that will keep us sane in an insane world. So in John chapter 10, Jesus is, starts off with teaching this great message. And I'm going to read John 10, 1 through 5. And it says, anyone refusing to walk through the gate into a sheepfold who sneaks over the wall must surely be a thief. For a shepherd comes through the gate, verse 3, the gatekeeper opens the gate to him and the sheep hear his voice and come to him. And he calls uh, his own sheep by name and he leads them out and he, he walks ahead of them and they follow him for they recognize his wife. They recognize his, recognize his voice. Talking about the voice of our shepherd, it's the voice that will keep us sane in an insane world. 
Again, he walks ahead of them and they follow him for they recognize his voice. They won't follow a stranger, but will run from him because they for they don't recognize his voice. And so so Jesus, as he's teaching this, he's he's kind of looking at the crowd and he's getting a feel of the crowd. And he realizes that they don't get what he's talking about. So so then Jesus, in the next few verses, Jesus begins to unpack this teaching that he just gave about this shepherd. So he unpacks it. He gives an explanation. And so let's jump down to verse uh, 14. And, and again, he's get, it's, it's, go back and read this. It's a great teaching, right? But for time's sake, I got to jump down to verse 14 because he identifies himself as the shepherd. So in verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd and um, know my own sheep and they know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too in another fold. There, of course, he's speaking to a bunch of Jews and he's talking about the Gentiles. Let me just stop right there. And in, in, in before the cross, um, there were really only two groups of people from God's point of view. There were the Jews, God's chosen people, and they were, there were the Gentiles from God's point of view. Now, he knew that everybody was different. They looked different and spoke different languages. He, he understood that. But, but from his point of view, there were the Jews that he was in covenant with. And then they were, there were the Gentiles. So when Jesus is talking about another sheepfold, he's talking about the Gentiles. Now, you, you say, well, how is God today with this thing? Well, you know, we got a lot of different people, look a lot of different ways. So how does, how, how does God view people today? It's very simple. God sees those who are in Christ and he sees those who are not. So, so here's the deal. Here's the goal. Our goal is the church, the body of Christ, is to get those who are not in Christ in Christ. Amen? That's our mission. And so that's what Jesus meant when he was talking about the different sheepfolds. And then he must, I must bring them also, well, listen, and they will heed my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. Jesus was saying, and he identified himself. He said, the guy that I was talking about or the shepherd that I was talking about when I started this teaching, he said, I am it. I am the shepherd. And so in this teaching that Jesus gave, I want to point out four things that he uh, very clearly gave us. Are you ready for this? If you're taking notes, write this down. The first thing that Jesus did is that Jesus made a proclamation in this teaching. He made a proclamation. Go back to John 10, 14. He said, I am the good shepherd and, 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 and know my own sheep and they know me. He proclaimed that my sheep will know me and I know them. Do you know what that is? That is a relationship. And Jesus made this proclamation that it, when it comes to my sheep, I will have a personal relationship with them. They know me and I know them. That's intimacy. How many of you know that Jesus didn't come to this earth to start another religion? He didn't pay for our sins just so he could start another religion. The reason, one of the big reasons that Jesus came to this earth is so that he could have a personal relationship with people. Can I have a better amen than that? Let let me just say it this way. Jesus was saying that the relationship that I'm going to have is this, is that as a shepherd, as as a shepherd and knowing my sheep, I know my sheep. Let me just say it this way. I get my sheep. I get them. Do you know that your savior, Jesus Christ, gets you? How how many have ever heard people say, well, people just don't get me. I'm different and people just don't get me. Everybody listen to me. Jesus gets you. 
Jesus understands you. Jesus understands where you are and how you feel and, and what, what you feel like when you're scared or you're nervous. Or, he, he gets you. And, and the good news is this. He still loves you. He gets you and he likes you. He gets you and he loves you. Listen to what Hebrews 4.15. Now, he's talking about, Jesus is talking about himself. Uh, having, having a relationship and then the writer of Hebrews, Paul says this. He says, for we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. In other words, Jesus understands as our shepherd, he understands us and he gets us and he likes us and he loves us. So the next thing that Jesus gives here in this, uh, this teaching is he gives us the promise. He gives us a promise. And the promise is this. John 10, 3 says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, listen to me, and the sheep hear his voice. So what Jesus is saying here, as the shepherd, he says this. He says, my people are going to hear my voice because I'm going to talk to my sheep. So he made this prediction, I made this promise, and the promise was this. The promise was, I will talk to my people. Is there anybody here that believes that God still talks to people? Now, listen, listen, people, sometimes people struggle with this and like, oh, Dr. John, I never hear God talk to me. And you know why? One, they're trying too hard. Another thing is that, that, that they're listening for a voice. Listen, you, you might not hear a voice like you hear someone talking to you, but listen, the shepherd is still speaking to his people. The shepherd is still speaking to his people. The shepherd is still speaking to his people. And you know what? The voice is on the inside. And you know who it sounds a lot like? It sounds a lot like the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit lives within us. And here's what one of the roles of the Holy Spirit. One of the roles is the Holy Spirit is that he hears what Jesus is saying from the right hand of God. And he transmits that and he speaks that to his people. And I'm not just talking about when you come and you hear a message from the from the platform. I'm talking about every day the shepherd is speaking through the Holy Spirit to us. The question is, are we listening and sometimes we go, I just wish I knew what he sounds like. Well, a lot of times it sounds like uh, and it's, you have a sense of doing something that you don't want to do. Right? Like when you have the when you have the chance to rebuttal or express your opinion or tell somebody off or tell them how you really what you really think about them. There, there's something on the inside or let me just say there's somebody on the inside. It's called the Holy Spirit. It's like, don't do that. Actually, it's Jesus that is the shepherd going, don't do that. It's not going to end good. <laughs> or, or, or show your faith with that person. Oh, no, but what if they reject me? Or what if it's just be awkward? <laughs> and sometimes I find out this about the Holy Spirit and the Jesus speaking, the shepherd speaking through the Holy Spirit. Is sometimes, you know, we just like, I didn't hear you. I'm going to ignore you. John 16 Jesus said this very clearly. He said, he will give me glory because talking about the Holy Spirit, he will give me glory because he will tell you what I say. Jesus, the shepherd, is speaking, listen to me, is speaking today and he's speaking the truth. He's speaking the truth. Listen to me, not just a truth, but he's speaking what? The truth. 
Here's another thing that, that Jesus, uh, Jesus, just, Jesus said. So he made this prediction again. He made a prediction and he, in John 10, 4 says, He walks ahead of them and they will follow him for they recognize his voice. So not only did Jesus say, I'm going to speak, but Jesus also said, he predicted, they're going to recognize the voice. My sheep, my people, they're going to recognize my voice. They're going to recognize and they're going to hear and they're going to recognize, watch this, and they are going to follow me because they not only hear, but they recognize my voice. They recognize what I'm asking them to do. They recognize that I've got a plan for their life. And they begin to follow that. Why? Because he predicted that they will recognize, listen to me, and they will trust what Jesus is saying to us. I'm going to follow them. They're going to hear and they're going to trust what I say. And then they're going to follow my plan for their life. Let me give you an example of this. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. If you've been around church for a while, you've heard this scripture many times, right? Talking about recognizing and following. Recognizing and becoming. Recognizing and, and walking out the plan that God has for our life. This is, listen, to. I'm just going to read these. There are really three big thoughts in this one scripture. The first one is this. Don't become like the people of this world. That's what Paul said. Don't become like the people of this world. You say, what does that look like? It looks like this. Don't become like the people of this world. Let me, let me, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. So, so one of the biggest problems or crisis we have today is, 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 is folks um, with their identity. And you're trying to figure out who they are. So in the world, this is the way the world tries to establish their identity. I call it social comparison. So what they do is that they look at people around them and they say, I want to be like them. Right. I want to be that's that's who I want to I want to be like social comparison, because a lot of times we don't compare ourselves to anybody else and other people. And so now that we have social media and all these different platforms that are coming up on social media, it's so much easier to compare socially and to try to be like somebody else. The problem with that is that the people we're trying to be like on social media are trying to be like somebody else. They're trying to be like somebody else. And so, but if, if, if we try the social comparison thing to find our identity, because that's what the world does, what happens is we're trying to be like somebody else is trying to be like somebody else. And how many knows that just gets real messed up real quick, right? But let, let me just say this. There is no other identity that will work for, for you as God's child than God's identity. Can somebody say amen to that? That's the only one that's going to feel right. It's the only one that's going to, that's the only one that's going to fit. And, and then, then Paul continues, he said, instead, change the way that you think. Change the way that you think. In other words, you've got to change what happens and what's going on in the headspace. And everybody look at me. That never ends. That never ends. So it's change the way that you, what? you think. And you think and you trust what the shepherd says. You think and you trust what God says about you. You think and you trust that. I'll give you a great example. So one day Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, hey, what is everybody around here saying about me? Remember, remember this one? What, what are people on the street saying about me? And then and the, the, the disciples give a variety of answers and they, they say, well, you're a prophet or you're just a good man. And then Jesus drills it home. He says, okay, but what do you say about me? <laughs> And Peter goes, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. He's like one of those kids in school. He's like, I know, I know, I know. She says, okay, Peter, tell me, who, who am I? He says, you're the Messiah. And Peter said, you're, Jesus said to Peter, you're exactly right. You didn't figure that out on your own. The Father in heaven helped you with that. But, but, do, you know what, but do you know what Peter said? I mean, Jesus said to Peter, now I'm going to tell you who you are. 
You know who I am? The shepherd, I'm going to tell you who you are. Your name from now on is Peter. The shepherd is telling you, you are Peter from here on out. You're not just the one who waves like a weed in the wind, which with Simon, that's what Simon meant. He said, from now on, I see you as Peter. He looked as a shepherd at Peter and said, this is who you start thinking this way, Peter. Start trusting what I say about you. It's how I see you. You're not just a weed anymore. You're solid, man. And then Paul continues this last thought of Romans chapter 12, verse 2. He says, then you will always be able to determine what God really wants, what is good and pleasing and perfect. In other words, you're going to find your fit. You're going to find my will. When you stop thinking like the world thinks, you begin to think differently. You're going to begin to discover something amazing, and that is my will for your life. And you will never be more content. You will never be more happy. You will never be more fulfilled than when you discover God's plan for your life and you begin to live it out. So then lastly, in this teaching, Jesus gives a warning and he said, all right, this I'm going to be talking. The shepherd's going to be speaking, but I'm giving you a warning. Um, there's a stranger's voice. I'm going to give you a heads up that there, there's a stranger's voice. John 10 said, again says they won't follow a stranger, but will run from him for they don't recognize his voice. In other words, Jesus is saying this. I'm going to be speaking. There's going to be a stranger's voice, but my sheep will be able to distinguish my voice from his. It's a warning that he gave. There he is. And so is who is he talking about? He's talking about the enemy. He's talking about Satan. And he's taught that's who Satan is. He is the stranger. And, and, and so Jesus is talking about Satan in John chapter 8, as a matter of fact. And, and, and he says, that Satan, the devil, is the father of all lies. His, he says his language is lies. He's the father of all lies. Let me tell you something about the enemy. Listen to me very closely. The stranger, he doesn't care about any other lie other than a lie about God. Are you following this? He could care less about what one politician says about another. He could care less about that. He really could care less if somebody lies about you. He doesn't, that kind of lie doesn't bother him. I mean, he doesn't really, he doesn't really uh, care about that kind of, but you know the kind of lie that he relishes in, the kind of lie that he wants, the kind of lie that he propagates and he builds, it's the lies about God. That's the one. Those are the ones that he, he really loves. So then Jesus gave a warning about the enemy. Listen to me. Your headspace is where he wants his lies to land. His headspace, your headspace, your headspace, your soul, your mind is where he wants his lies to land. So in John chapter 10, Jesus is teaching about him being the shepherd. He's the shepherd. But I want to take you back a few hundred years when there's another person that talked about the sheep shepherd relationship. But he talked about the relationship in regards to him being the sheep. In other words, I'm the sheep and I've got a shepherd. Anybody know where we're going? 
It's called the 23rd Psalm. We're going to talk about David for just a moment. And again, when Jesus was talking in John chapter 10, he's talking about from the shepherd's point of view. But in the 23rd Psalm, David is talking about the sheep's point of view. This is what it's like to be a sheep and the Lord is my shepherd. Right? So how many, how many is ready for the 23rd Psalm? Most of you could probably get up here and quote. It's probably one of the, uh, how many believe, what's the most famous scripture in the Bible? There you go. John three sixteen. for God so loved the what? Right. But the 23rd Psalm has got to be up there. You go to a funeral or you go to a wedding or somebody going to quote something. Most time they're going to break out the 23rd Psalm, right? So I wanted to, I wanted to read this and, and just, just, to, just to read it. And we're going to land here somewhere in just a minute. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. We could stop and just say, thank you, Father, right? In other words, again, David's saying, because the, because the Lord is my shepherd. I'm, I'm recognizing him as my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He's a sheep and he's saying, my shepherd leads me beside not still waters, not roaring waters, not raging waters, not loud waters, but still waters. And you know what else he does? My shepherd restores my what? My soul. How many know and believe or would, would agree, I should say it this way, would agree that our souls need to be restored and refreshed? You see, people are just, they are worn out right now and they can't figure out why. You know why we're worn out? It's because our headspace is so stinking crowded and so busy. It is affecting us emotionally. It is affecting us physically. And we can't figure out what the problem is. That's why we're doing this headspace thing. I can't go into this, but let me just say this. We've got to resurrect the Sabbath, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm not talking about just Sabbath, just going and kicking back at the house and in the recliner, kicking back uh, on the couch. Because if we do that, we kick back in the recliner, we kick back on the couch. Do you know what we do? We grab our smartphone and you know what we do? We're feeding our soul. We're feeding our soul. We're feeding our soul and we're not resting. That's a whole other point. I can't get to that this morning. Listen to what he says. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley, the, the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Watch this part. Watch this part. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a table. David says this as Jesus, the Lord, you're my shepherd and you prepare a table in the midst of my what? My enemies. Enemies all around. Enemies all loud. But you in the midst of all of this, you as my shepherd, you prepare a table for me. I don't know about you, but that does me a lot of good. Then in the middle of all the craziness, in the middle of everything that's going on, my shepherd, Jesus, prepares a table for me. And not does he just prepare the table for me. He invites me to the table. It's like the king of kings and the Lord of glory sits down. Chris, will you pull that back for me? Sits down. He sits down in that table. He sits down here at this table and he looks at me and he begins to talk to me. And let's just say I am the shepherd. He begins to look at John Welch and he says, John Welch, here, here, I've made this table for you. I've prepared this table for you. And also. So I've paid for everything on the table. 
I've paid for everything. Everything has been bought and paid for. Everything's been taken care of. The bill is paid, not by silver or gold, but by the precious, my blood, Jesus, and I paid for everything. Do you want some love? I got plenty of love. All the love that you want. You can come anytime and you can get this love and it never runs out. You can get it anytime you want, John. Why? Because he's my shepherd. He's your shepherd. Oh, you, you want some joy? Yeah, I got, I got some of that too. You, you just, all the joy you want, it's been bought and paid for. What about some healing? Yeah, I got some of that too. I've got some healing. Uh, Jesus said, I, I've paid for it. It's by the stripes, uh, my stripes that you're healed. You, you want some peace? I've got that too. All you want, it's been, it's been paid for. Why? Because the shepherd paid for it. Remember, Jesus said, I lay my life down for the sheep. And so, so this is the way life should be for God's people. This is the way it should be for God's children. This is the way it should be for God's, for, for, for God's kids and God and Jesus and his sheep. It should be this way that, that we're spending time with him. And the focus is not the stuff. The focus, which is a blessing. The focus is that he's invited us to the table to spend time with him. The stuff is just secondary. The stuff, we're going after the stuff, which is great. Healing is great. Joy is great. Peace is great. Love is great. Acceptance is great. But it's having that intimate time with him. That's what he's, but you know, this is the way it should be. But this is really how it works. Does anybody have a phone? I need a phone. There's got to be a phone. Somebody, I know we we got one close, right? But really, here's what it's more, more like. We, 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 we run by the table. There's the shepherd. There's Jesus. There's the king of kings. And we're like, hey, Jesus, this is awesome. You did this. You did all of this for me. You made all of this for me. And he says, yeah, it's all for you. Why don't you have it? Say, Jesus, I ain't got time for, for that right now. I'm busy. I promise I'll be back. But here's what I'd like to do. Can we just get, can we just get a selfie of me and Jesus? That's a cool picture, by the way. I know where that came from. So anyway. And then, then we take off and we run and we show our friends, hey, Guess who I was with today? Look what he did for me. I just stopped by. It was great. Put it on, put it on our social media, Facebook. Get on TikTok. We were moving a little bit with Jesus. Jesus is sitting there, you know, and we're. But this is more what it's like. Let me ask you a question. When is the last time, when's the last time you've been to the table? When's the last time you've taken time to sit down at the table with your shepherd and let him talk to you? Because that's what it's like, right? I stop by on Sunday, God, when I'm not doing nothing else. You see, but then there's this other person that's out there. You remember Jesus gave a warning, didn't he? He said, I'm going to be talking to you, but there's somebody else that's out there. There's another voice that's going to sound a lot like mine sometimes. And he said, you know, you know, it's the it's Satan, it's the enemy. And see, here's what happens is that the enemy, he'll pull a seat up at the table. He'll pull a seat up in the headspace. We don't even know it. But he's got a seat at the table. Right? We, we don't even realize he's, he's taking a, 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 seat, a seat at the table. And you say, well, would he really do that? Is Satan really that bold that he would roll up and take a seat at the table? Well, he did in the wilderness with Jesus. 
he rolled right up in there and said, Jesus, I'm going to tempt you. I've got something that I want to say. He did in paradise with Eve. He rolled right up into her headspace. And I believe if he's that was that bold, then he's still that bold today. That he'll roll right up into her headspace. He will sit down at the table. But here, here is what he's not going to do. He is not going to show up like he really is. When he shows up in headspace, when he shows up at the table, he's not going to show up like he really is. Because if he showed up like he really is, what he would do is that he would show up and he would say, look at me. Look at me. You look at me. Do you see this bread? I'm going to shove this bread down your throat until you choke to death. I'm going to cram it down your throat until you can't breathe anymore and you're going to die right there. And in the process of that, I'm going to steal every single thing that's precious to you. I'm going to steal every single thing that God has given you. I'm going to steal it and then I'm going to kill you. I'm going to make you look like an idiot in the process. No, he would never show up that way. He never rolls into the headspace that way. Here, here's, more of, here's more of how it, how it would work. So how, how, how are things going? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Things a little rocky in the house right now. You know, here, here, here's the thing. I mean, she's great. She's good and everything. But she really doesn't get you. And, you know, she really doesn't appreciate all the hard work that you do. I mean, you work so hard. I mean, you bust it. I mean, you're doing the very best that you can. And she's never happy. She's never satisfied. The more you do, the more she wants. But... That Linda in the office, she gets you. You probably feel it, don't you, right? When you guys talk, just that small talk and it's like that emotional thing that happens. Yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, the kids. Let's talk about the kids. I know they're just kind of doing their own thing a little bit, but they probably won't be a statistic. Let's talk about you a little bit. Yeah, I know. I know you're not perfect. I know that, you know, you struggle with this or that. And, but it's just who you are and probably never change. But it'll be all right. That's how he shows up. He's going to show up like he really cares about you. So the question is this. How, how do we know when Satan has got a seat at the table? How do I know when he's found the spot, he's got the seat at the table, the stranger has rolled up in the headspace? How do we know this? How do I, I know that? Well, the answer is this. We just really stop and listen to what we say. We just stop and listen. Or better yet, get in a life group, build relationships with people that love you, that care about you, and will also listen to what you say. So when they realize and, and when they hear you talking all crazy, that they can call you on and say, that's not what the shepherd says. 
When you start saying things, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I feel so overwhelmed. There's no way I'm going to get out of this. I, I mean, it's over for me. It's the end of the road. You've got to have people that get in your face and say, the, the enemy is in your headspace right now. That is not the voice of the shepherd. That's not what the shepherd says about you. The shepherd says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The shepherd says that you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. That is what the that is what the shepherd says. Listen, that is why we are we just talk about not only talk about we lead in groups so all the time, so often because we want people to get in relationships because you will never defeat Satan by yourself. And you just start talking crazy and there's nobody around you to help you. You start saying what the enemy says. You start saying what the stranger says. But listen, sometimes it can sound so much like the shepherd. But you see, remember, Jesus made this promise. He said, no, you'll be able to distinguish. When he's at the table, you'll be able to distinguish. Caitlin, can I have you come up? So what are you saying? What are you saying about yourself? What are you saying about your circumstances? What are you saying? I, I, I so appreciate what Pastor David was talking about, about getting some of the, some, just some foundational things back. Uh, we've got to have these foundational things, who you are in Christ. That's what he was talking about. Who you are in Christ is simply the shepherd's opinion of you. That's what it is. It's the shepherd. It's what the shepherd says. It's, with, it's the voice of the shepherd telling you who you are, telling you how he sees you. And he doesn't see you as a saved sinner. Do you know what's impossible to be a saved sinner? It's absolutely impossible. You can be a sinner that's saved. You were, you, you were a sinner. But the Bible says you're a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. It means you, you're not in that category. You have the capacity to sin, yes. But that's not how God sees you. So what happens when we recognize this, that the enemy is, is in other words, we, we, we know, we identify, we know for sure that, that the enemy has is, is, is found a way into our headspace. And we, 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 uh, the reason we say certain things, I'm going under, I'm, I'm at the end and it's over for me. The reason that we say that is because that's what we've been thinking. You think something long, long enough, eventually it's going to come out of your mouth. You think it long. If th- th- that's the reason that I, I love when I'm around people, I love to ask them questions. And it's not that I'm trying to get something on them. I just love to ask them questions. So how you doing? Where you from? Tell me a little bit of your story. Because I, I know whatever's in their mind, whatever they've been thinking about, it's just it's going to come out. And I just get to know them a little bit. So how do you how do you how do you handle it when you identify that they're he, the enemy's just at the table. He's, he's at the, in your headspace. How do you, how do you, how do you do that? How do you defeat that? Well, let me just say this about defeating a lie. You can't just defeat a lie. You have to replace it. You can't just go, I'm not going to think that. I'm not going to think that. I'm not going to think that. You've got to replace the lie. You've got to replace it. So this morning, we've made available for you these little cards, right? Maybe they were last week too. 
We should probably do it every week, right? And here's what I want to challenge you to do. I'm challenging you this morning to stop and think about what the enemy has been lying to you about. And you could be, Pastor John, I could take a legal pad. I could take a whole legal pad and fill it like several pages. I'm not asking you to do 14. I'm just asking you this morning. I believe the Holy Spirit's asking you just to do one. Start with one. You want to know one of mine? Do you? What's your name? Dan? I'm going to share one of mine with you. Well, not just you because other people in the room now. It's all right. Here's, here's, here's one of my biggies. I'm not good enough. That's one of mine. I'm, I'm not good enough. Now I'm not talking about good enough in regards to God. Acceptable by God. That's not the good enough that I'm talking about. Though that's not the that's not the one that comes. You're not a good enough pastor. You're not a good enough leader. You could be better. You could do better. You you just you just keep missing the mark. You always a step behind. You're just not good enough. What's yours? That's mine. Now, I'm I'm challenging you because you say, I just don't want to do that because, listen, you don't have to hold it up in front of anybody. You don't have to share it with anybody. I I would. I would share it with a close friend. So what do we do with that? Do we just keep letting that lie? Do we just keep letting that one stay there? No, here's, here's what we do. We X that one out because that's the lie of the enemy. We X that one out. And then we write down what the shepherd says. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's what the shepherd says. That's what my shepherd says. When I sit down at the table. He looks at me. And he points. His finger. And he says John Welch. You can do all things. Through Christ. Through me. Because I give you the strength to do it. He says things like. You've got my mind John. You've got the mind of Christ. John, listen, John, you're the head and not the tail. You're going over. You're not going under. I'm your shepherd. You'll not lack any good thing, including the gifts and talents it takes to do what I've called you to do. But that can only happen when we sit down at the table. And you sit down at the table. Starts with this right here.
Headspace. Headspace. Our soul. The shepherd is saying some things, but our headspace has become so busy, we can't hear what he's saying. His words are life. His words are light. His words are powerful. So, what is the enemy saying? Get quiet. Get to the table. Let the shepherd say. Let the shepherd speak. And see your life transformed and changed. In Jesus' name. Father, we come to you right now in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. God, we know this.